Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin, Wisconsin's National Community Service Board. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are speaking with Robin Muse, who is currently serving as an AmeriCorps member with Schools of Hope and served last year with Achievement Connections. So Robin, thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. So happy to talk with you. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you? Doing great. And then Robin, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service this year with Schools of Hope? Yeah, so Schools of Hope is a community partnership between MMSD, that's Madison Metropolitan School District, and the United Way of Dane County. In a typical school year, we would also be serving in the Sun Prairie Area School District, but this year it just wasn't possible. And we provide evidence-based tutoring for ages K through 5. And so what does your day-to-day service look like at the elementary school where you're serving? Yeah, so I serve at Hegel and I actually live in the neighborhood. So I get to walk to work most days or walk to serve. And um, a handful of the Hegel students are on my block. So it's it's really nice. And when I get in the building, I have created a daily schedule and then also a weekly schedule so that I can set up the student's availability to match it to mine as best as I can. That way I can be super consistent with the same students in a non-COVID year, we would have community volunteers coming into the building, but right now we are not. So I'm not managing any volunteers. So I get to, I get to do all of the tutoring myself, which I've really enjoyed. I spend about 20 minutes with one to three students at a time working on basic literacy stuff like letter identification and phonemic awareness to up to reading fluency and comprehension with fifth graders. So I get to see almost all of the school. We also get to do some mentorship and fostering a love of reading and it's been really wonderful. That's wonderful. And so on a day-to-day basis then, do you just work with a set number of students just as they become available? Are they signing up or how do you arrange those? Yeah, so teachers let me know which students they think would benefit from extra reading time. And then I squeeze them into my schedule. Generally, it's the same students every day and every week. Yesterday, I actually got to pick up six more first graders. So that was cool to add some more people to our gang. But it's usually the same students the same day of the week at the same time so that those students know when to expect me as well. That consistency can be huge on just helping with the routine and letting them know what's coming. Absolutely. So when you're doing the different literacy groups. You just kind of go through some of the activities you're doing with them. Yeah. So some of the stuff, it's really simple. We start with the alphabet and identifying letters and their sounds or matching the capital letter to the lowercase letter. We also do some writing of just the alphabet letters. And then we also like read different levels of books and I'm looking for how fluently they read them. And that's mostly pacing and how much it sounds like they're reading like a story as opposed to just like flat speech. I want to see them get really involved with the text if possible. And then reading comprehension, I like to ask some questions at the end to make sure we're all on the same page. And and that's something that the classroom teachers have have asked for. So I try to incorporate what the teachers want as well. And then so are you doing any activities within the classrooms as well as at all pulling the students out for the, the sessions? Yeah, I usually 
pull the students out for the sessions because the classrooms can be pretty distracting if we were trying to do our own thing in the corner of the room. So we usually go to the library. I do help in classroom with whatever the teachers need when I have like a gap in my schedule. So sometimes I get to help with meals or lunch or a free choice. And that's really special too, to get to know the students' personalities outside of their one-on-one reading time with me. That's great. And then since you've been working with some of the same students throughout the year, can you kind of tell us some of the what you've been able to see in the growth with the students you've worked with so far? Yeah, that's an awesome question. It has been so much fun to see them identify the letters and be able to start to put full words together. They can identify those things. And the pride on their face is so awesome. And when I get to pump them up and remind them of how far they've come, and it's just really special or reminding a student of how far they've come with fluency and how much I enjoyed listening to them read. And it feels like I'm really in the story. It's really special to see their growth and encourage them on. That's wonderful. And so you mentioned that due to COVID-19 that you haven't been working with as many volunteers within the classroom as the program usually would have. So have there been any other ways that COVID's impacted the service you've done this year at Schools of Hope? It has a little bit as far as group sizes. I don't usually go over three because I can't ensure that we're spaced out. We do have to allow time for COVID procedures and we do spend a fair amount of time reminding students, let's put the masks up. I know we're friends. We need to spread out. And then no community volunteers. Another way I was hoping to serve the school was through peer tutoring by having like the upperclassmen read with the lowerclassmen because I had some older kids that were interested in that. But because of what they're calling it is cross-contamination of like the different germs in this classroom mixing with these ones, we weren't able to try that. So I am hoping to do that in the future because I I think that could be really motivating and also foster more of a community between the grades. That sounds like a bit of a wonderful opportunity for folks and just hopefully that'll be able to happen in the future once this is finally to the point where they'll allow things to happen. Absolutely. And then Robin, not only are you serving this year with Schools of Hope, but you served as AmeriCorps last year with Achievement Connections. So can you tell us what your service looked like when you were serving with Achievement Connections last year? Yeah, so it was a lot different because school was virtual and I was the volunteer liaison. So I got to do a little bit more of volunteer management as far as training and matching the students. So last year I served high school students virtually with West High, East High, and La Follette Achievement Connections provides evidence-based math tutoring for algebra and geometry. Algebra is the most failed class in Dane County, and it's a key indicator of freshmen graduating from high school. So it's a really great area for us to plug into. That program is also a community-based program, and that includes MMSD, Middleton Cross Plains, and the Mortgage Center for Public Service, they help a lot with recruiting community volunteers from UW's campus. And then, of course, United Way of Dane County. So virtually, it looked like us logging in together at a specific time or meeting them in their math class for breakout rooms to assist with the lesson or preparing for an exam. And outside of that, as a volunteer liaison, we worked really hard to match the students with a community volunteer that we thought they would get along with and also learn from. I thought that was really special because the students had a say in who they were matched with and whether or not this was working. And yeah, it was awesome to see them take some control of their education. 
outside of math stuff. We also got to do some mentoring. Last year was a really tricky year. There's a lot of mental health concerns and equity concerns. And we got to invest in these kids individually as they opened up to us. And I learned a lot about Madison that I do not think I would have learned otherwise. That's wonderful. And especially that you were able to not just work with the students on what can be the most challenging class for many of them at that early phase of high school, but also help them through some of the other struggles and challenges they're going with during the middle of that pandemic. Yeah, it was an incredible year. And then were you as the volunteer coordinator primarily connecting the students with the tutor to be working with them? Were you also doing some of the individualized tutoring with the students? Yeah, I got to do both. Because everything was virtual, not all community volunteers felt confident tutoring virtually because we had to come up with some additional technology so that we could share a pen and paper to work through these problems and see what their homework is because we're, yeah, we're not in person. So that was also really helpful to know class content when matching them with the tutor to know what strengths the tutor has to bring to the table. Yeah, especially if you're working with both algebra and geometry, two very different fields with two very different skill sets, and people might love one and not as much the other. Right. And some students started to communicate that they needed help with other things like chemistry or English. And as tutors were available, we were able to help in those areas as well and get extra time with that student. That's fantastic that you could do not just that original math tutoring, but find the other needs the students were having. The unconventional setup of the school year initially made me nervous, but it actually was used to our advantage. And I think we developed a lot of new ways of making that system efficient and finding ways to expand it. And so you mentioned that you had to find a way to be able to actually show the pen and paper working folks. So it was that extra challenge. So how did you all figure out how to do that? All the students have Chromebooks and we also have Chromebooks. And so that means on Zoom, they don't have the annotation skill. So we couldn't just use the Zoom stuff. So we ended up finding a website where I, the volunteer liaison, would create an account and then invite both the tutor and the student. And it was like a shared dry erase board. And then United Way was super helpful and got us all sketch pads so that we could use a stylus to make things really clear because previously we were doing it with our finger, trying to write out these like quadratic equations. It was taking forever and it was messy. And so that was a huge blessing to to be more efficient for the student. I can imagine trying not just like it's not just the challenge of, yeah, here's how you balance and move X over. But also here's my finger writing on the screen of what it looks like. It was funny, but yeah. Definitely got better. That's great. And then, Robin, why did you first decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member with Achievement Connections? And then why did you decide to serve the second term this year with Schools of Hope? Yeah. So there ended up being a lot of personal and professional factors that went into my decision to serve with AmeriCorps. So my master's is in speech pathology. So I did have a background in education, not necessarily math, but I really do love teaching and helping students. But I moved from the medical field where I was doing swallowing and cognition rehabilitation with acute care setting to students. So that was like a wild change that I'm grateful for. I had a pretty significant personal event in my life. And so I needed to find a role that was fulfilling to me professionally and personally, and also allowed me to address the things that I needed to address with my PTSD symptoms. The flexibility of AmeriCorps 
allowed me to to do both, to feel fulfilled and also take care of myself. And that was just such a perfect balance. My therapist actually challenged me during the Black Lives Matters movement to put my money where my mouth is and to get active with the Black Lives Matters movement. And so I was looking for areas and AmeriCorps just fell into my lap. I didn't know much about it. I'd heard of it, um, but I wasn't familiar at all. And I knew, yeah, I wanted to serve students of color and it was a match made in heaven. I, I loved my time with the high school students. And then as the year was coming to a close... I knew that I wanted to do this again because it, I mean, it works out so perfectly professionally and personally for me, but I wanted to see the other programs too. And so another academic program that is available in Madison is Schools of Hope. And as I'm thinking about pursuing a further, further roles in anti-racist education, I wanted to get a good sense of what age group would be the best for me. So yeah, I got to explore that. Yeah, serving with AmeriCorps selfishly checked all of those boxes. So it was great. I get to serve my community and yeah, take care of myself. It's wonderful to be able to find that hybrid and that connection. I think a lot of people don't realize that when you're serving the AmeriCorps, there's a lot of skills and benefits you can kind of learn, experience you can gain, while also you're making a real difference in the lives of, in your case, students. Yeah, and they also provide a lot of training on leadership so you can learn other skills as well. They helped me with public speaking. They really invest in you as the AmeriCorps member. So looking back at your two years of service, do you have some favorite memories or some stories that you could highlight for us about your AmeriCorps service? Yeah, the things that make me smile the most or I just cherish were the relationships with the teachers and students. When students start to open up to you about their personal life and have the confidence in you to share that. And when they have those aha moments with math or literacy, I'm pretty popular with the kindergartners. <laughs> and so I get invited to a lot of six-year birthday parties. I don't attend, but all of the kids are just so funny and it's been really awesome. Forging those connections is such a wonderful experience when you're in the classroom working with kids. Sometimes it's hard to pinpoint that one, but it's just that overall feeling of that joy that that relationship you build with them all. Yeah. When you get to school and they say, hi, Miss Robin, or a high school student says, I'm so glad we got to meet today. It just feels good. Like, yeah, let's love education and work on this. And then knowing that you have a few months left in your services year, what are some things you're looking forward to over the rest of your service term? All of it. <laughs> I love all of it. But I think mostly if I had to pick something, it'd be seeing the growth the students have made over the past year and then also seeing how Hegel Elementary has come together as a community despite COVID. It's been really awesome to see. They have something really special at Hegel. I would definitely say Hegel Elementary is one of my happy places. So it's going to be really bittersweet ending the year. I'm so glad it's been such a wonderful experience. I know that's always that tough part at the end of the service when you're moving on to the next phase. So that kind of leads me to what plans do you think you have after your service is over? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> My husband and I actually just became foster parents in January. And so I want to be able to balance being a mom with my professional life. And I know that I can do that with AmeriCorps because I've been able to do that for the past two years. And so my husband and I are praying over what next steps would look like. It also really depends on the medical needs of our foster daughter. So a lot of it's up in the air, but I know that Emily Green, our leader for Schools of Hope, and also the principal at Hegel and the 
the teachers there have been really helpful as far as like planning what next year could look like for me. Congratulations on becoming a new foster mom. And then uh, good luck with whatever that path goes. And hopefully it'll be something fantastic. And wherever it goes, it'll be able to help you provide the opportunity to have that balance and to help take the next steps in your journey. Thank you so much. Well, Robin, we just want to say thank you so much for your two years of AmeriCorps service, serving with both Schools of Open Achievement Connections, and just thank you for the difference you're making in students' lives. Thank you guys so much for having me. We're just so happy that you took the time to serve, and thanks so much for sharing your story with us today. And thank you again to Robin for sharing about her AmeriCorps service experience and giving us one more story we can file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast, produced by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is Serve Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember, the S in S-Files stands for service, and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.